Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I am your host, Ray Fusen, and today I am joined by Australia's most violent man. It is Damien fucking Rivers. How are you today, sir? I am well, thank you. How are you? I am good now that I have got the intro correct and sorted my shit out. It has been a flustered-ass afternoon for me. I'm drinking white wine out of a Coca-Cola cup that I got free from HJ's at some time, but I'm pulling my shit together. You've been very gracious with your time. How are you feeling, my dude? I'm good. On the mend? On the mend, yes. (laughs) Well, for anybody that is not familiar with Damien, uh, they can get familiar pretty quick by logging on to IWTV and watching the premiere event of Deathmatch Down Under where he main evented with Callum Butcher in a 100 light tube Deathmatch. From what I can see, and I messaged you on Instagram and told you this, you're about the most evil motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. Uh, rocking in there with glad wrap, cutting people to shreds with the, <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the blade. You're suffocating him with it. You're tying him up. I'm like, this is the actions of a stone-cold killer and an absolute psychopath. So <laughs> how did that come together, you evil bastard? Um, well, during COVID lockdown, I had a lot of time to think. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And one day I'm, like, wrapping a sandwich, doing something, like, just silly. Um, and I'm like, hmm, glad wrap. This would be cool to wrap around someone's face and <laughs> suffocate them with. Like all well-balanced <laughs> people think. <laughs> yeah, get normal people think of. Um, and then I'm like, oh, wait a second, there's a blade on this. I can also cut people. I like that you went to suffocation before cutting. But I, uh, I I do appreciate that it is a multifaceted weapon, which is, like, pretty unique. Um, I spoke yeah. to Casanova Valentine uh, about the show because, obviously, he has contacts with uh, uh, Joel Bateman and the, the first tour and everything like that, and he specifically mentioned that spot. He was like, that was fucking cool. <laughs> like, he, re- he really liked it. And so when you've got uh, pro deathmatch guys shouting you out for your uh, evil choices, that's pretty amazing. Thank you, Cass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How did um, I assume I well I know that that was the first kind of like official or light tube death match in Australia. How did how that feel, man? Was that the first time you stepped into something like that? Um, it's not the first time I've done like death match stuff or even used tubes for that matter. It's the first time I've used that many tubes. But um, look, being out for a year on like COVID lockdown and stuff, it kind of fucked with my head a little bit. I was like, oh, do I still have it? Can can I still do this? And then it's like, oh, you ask anyone that was backstage that day, I was nervous as fuck. And um, I think like five minutes before the match, it all kind of just went away and I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got in the ring and the, then it was like, all right, cool, let's go time. Yeah. Dude, and, when uh, you walked yeah. through that curtain, you didn't look fucking nervous. You looked ready as hell is how you looked. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel I feel like the and you probably felt this way. It was a lot riding on your shoulders, right? Like it's it's worldwide. It's going to be IWTV. It's the first death match down under show, and you're headlining in yep. in a very and, serious match. Yep, and that played on my head as well. I'm like, shit, I haven't done this in a year, and now all of a sudden I'm on a huge platform, bigger than I've ever been on before, doing a style of wrestling that I've said this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to be known for. And it's like, 
all right, well, it's it's fucking now or never, motherfucker. Like, it's time to go. Yeah, put up, shut up, let's go and fucking show yeah. that I can do this. And, I mean, you're in a country where this, this shit doesn't happen very often, you know? Like, you, you can see stuff all the time in Japan and in America and things like that. Those kind of death matches don't happen super often in Australia. So you're not getting the opportunity to put in those kind of reps like, you know, the ICW guys and the GCW guys and stuff. So you're walking out there and and it's a whole new terrain. And, like, people talk about being in ring shape, right? You're going, okay, so I've got to jump back into ring shape but then also back into glass shape? And, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, like, look, it's in my head. I was like, well, if I've got it, fantastic. Let's fucking go. If I don't, well, at least I could say I did it. And coming out of it, I was just like, I was riding that high of like, fuck yeah. It's, that was everything I needed it to be. Dude, it must be like such an adrenaline rush. Like I imagine getting into that mindset of like, I'm going to, like, this body is going to go through a heap of shit and I'm cool with it. I'm just going to keep moving forwards one thing. But then when you walk out of it on the other side, you must be, like, adrenaline high crazy, right? Yeah. Um, leading up to most of the death matches, I, I have, I tend to get into a weird headspace, like, probably a couple of days leading up to where I'm just like, all right, yep, cool. You're going to go do some gnarly shit. You need to be really okay with it. And then you do it and then leading out of it, you're like, Fuck yeah, let's do that again. Yeah, yeah, ready to go kind of thing. Like, yeah. I, I think I inter- listened to an interview with Guido, and he said, like, he puts himself in a headspace where he's, like, not talking to people for days leading up to it and stuff because he has to become that person or whatever. Do you find yourself shutting down or you just kind of find yourself thinking it through or, or how does that mental process work for you? A little bit shutting down, I'm not going to lie. Um, I become a little bit more distant from like everyone a little bit more inside my own head and just hit that warrior mindset kind of thing uh get in that mindset of you need to be okay with whatever the fuck you're gonna do yeah you you need to come correct yeah absolutely well do you have you after going through that would you say that's probably the most trauma you've been through in a match kind of thing in in one match obviously you've done death matches and stuff before, but would you say physical damage-wise, and obviously muscle damage and stuff is one thing, but, like, bleeding and deathmatch stuff, would that be maybe the most you have ever done? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, blood and cuts and yeah. shit that's done, yeah. But that that was, yeah, it was a lot. Um, have you... <laughs> Neil Diamond Cutter told me a story where he said that, like, after something, like, quite brutal, he took, like, a, I don't know, it was a fucking destroyer off a ladder through a glass thing or something. He said he, like, woke up, like, a week later or whatever, like, and he lived it again, you know, like, in his sleep and kind of, like, shot up like he'd just had it happen. And a doctor friend of him was like, yeah, that's PTSD from, like, going through. <laughs> so if you had any experiences like that or, or not yet. Uh, no, not yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was, yeah, he said that was like uh, at the end of, what was it? It was like his first deathmatch tournament. And the first time he'd ever done deathmatches, I think it was like Prince of Death in the finals with Marcus Crane or something. It went off something huge and he was just like, yeah. It, and he's like, woke up and was kind of like, oh, that's weird. And just went back to sleep. And, and his friend's like, yeah, you should probably say something. He's like, nah, I'll be all right. <laughs> 
Yeah, you'll be right. Yeah, she'll be right. Exactly yeah. right. Now that's fine. That's fine. Um, so so what's on the horizon for you, man? Um, I know you after outcome and outcome the wolves. I always fuck the title. I'm very sorry. Death match down under wolves. Um, the you had the match with Joel at Wash Your Hands. Uh, yeah. Have you got anything else lined up yet? Not right now, but um, I'm sure once I'm uh, off the bench, yeah, will be you'll be ready. Well, from what I can see, you're you're undefeated in Deathmatch Down Under, so you got to be the one they're coming for, right? Well, yeah, I'm. If anything, I'm still coming for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> they need to. It, it's uh, a case of like the Rorschach thing. Like, uh, you animals don't have me uh, locked in here with you or whatever. You're locked in here with me. That kind of thing. Well, it's that, and it's it's a flag that I've been flying for since before DMDU was a thing, and I need to prove yeah to everyone that fucking I've been saying I'm this guy for years now. Well, yeah. To show you why I'm this fucking guy. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. And I love that promo, man. Like, uh, when the promo starts with you and Callan and you're just like, Callan Butcher, you dumb motherfucker. I was like, oh, this <laughs> my dude right here. <laughs> He's ready to go. And and you can see you can see the real issue there build very quickly because you're a person who's been like, I am going to fly this flag and I'm going to do this thing. And then this dude's just walked in like, oh, and I'm going to do it too. And you're like, nah, because I've been earning this, you know? So... I can yeah. see you taking uh, exception to that and wanting to prove that you are this person. Well, yeah, I think that's a pretty, pretty easy story to tell, and I think it's a pretty easy story to understand. Like, yeah. how many times have I don't know most people? How many times have they done something, and then someone else comes in and is like, "Yeah, I want to do this now," just because it's like trendy or cool or whatever, and you're just like, "Fuck you." <laughs> You're like, I've been slaving away at this, like trying to make this a reality in this country for a long time, and now finally the opportunity comes and other people want to jump on the bandwagon, basically. Yeah, so it's a really, really easy, relatable story because yeah. sure everyone's had some sort of experience that's like that. Yeah, and it's a great motivation for you as well, I'm sure, getting into that mindset because really anybody that you come up against, like maybe with the exception of Joel because I know you guys have known each other a long time, are mm-hmm. that to you? You know what I mean? Like you guys, you guys have been through it. But then uh, anyone else in Deathmatch Town, I'm just got to have that conversation with you. Or maybe Mad Dog as well. I mean, he, yeah, uh, he basically created it here and also kind of destroyed it too. But <laughs> 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 exactly. Um, so so rewind me a little bit, man. Like, how does I know you? You've said like it's something that you've always wanted to do when it came to starting your training and stuff, was Deathmatch it? That was always the end goal for you? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I even remember like a conversation I had pretty early on with Joel. Um, maybe it was before my first match because I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. Around that time where I pretty much said to Joel, like, look, my, I want to do death matches eventually. And he's like, yeah, look, you'll probably end up wrestling me in these death matches. And, uh, yeah, it came full circle with my first one that I ever did was with Joel. Yeah. And now I've got a second one with Joel. So it's, that, was, that was cool. That That is cool. When um, I know when I spoke to Joel, he mentioned you. He said, I think he said when he got injured, you were there. Were you refing that match or were you in that match no, or something? I was in that match. So you were versing him? 
Uh, it was a tag team match. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was um, him and Judd Newman mm-hmm. against myself and Mitch Waterman. Okay. And post-match, there was like some exchange between him and Mitch, and he put his shoulder out. Oh, okay. So well, it wasn't even like in the match. It was like... Yeah, afterwards. it was like a slap for slap kind of thing. And, and just um, something yeah. went. Oh, man. I drove him to the hospital. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it, it, was, it was crazy. And it knocked him out for years, right? Yeah. Wow. Just something as small as that. That reminds me, like, when you think of... It's funny because it's all, it's all an example of the toll it all takes, right? Like, do you remember yeah. when... It's flashing back to mainstream stuff, but I remember it was when I was watching WWE. I remember Sami Zayn debuting to verse like John Cena in like the Open Challenge or something, and he was so pumped, and he got to like the the ring stairs, and he just went like this, like put his fist up, and was like, "Yeah, I'm kind of here," and immediately put his shoulder out. Like you visibly see him go, "Oh, oh no!" And then he wrestled that. And then that like fucked him up for ages, and it wasn't even in the match, you know. Like, but that's the wear and tear. And look, look, personally speaking, that sucked for me because Joel, even really early on, and still to this day, is still kind of a mentor and has yeah. helped a lot. He's got a wealth of knowledge that he's ready and willing to share with anyone who's willing to learn. So yeah. to put him on the bench for that long, I know must have fucking killed him. Yeah. And it would have been fucking eating away at him, but like from a personal thing, yeah, that sucked for me because yeah. like he was someone that he, like even by the large hand in training me, like he was, yeah. yeah. And like you said, there's not a lot of guys in in Australia doing that style. And here's this like amazing guy who's got time for everybody, who's giving with his knowledge, and then he's just gone. And you're like, oh fuck. Well, I guess I'll just keep cruising on my own. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's rough, man. He's um, he's like a pretty special dude, man. Like uh, in meeting him, like I haven't met a single person like with anything bad to say about Joel Bateman. You know what I mean? And when I briefly interacted with him, he was nothing but amazing to me. You know, and still is. Like I message him all the time. You know, like yeah, he's just the best, man. And like, what an unfortunate turn of events for him. But I mean, it kind of needed to happen, I guess, to sort of bring us all to where we are now. Yeah, well, it's kind of him coming back and doing this is almost his swan song now. Yeah. It's like, I'm back, motherfuckers. And, and it's time now? to go. I had three years to think yeah. about this shit, and now it's <laughs> now here we go. And he's killing it. Yeah. He's absolutely killing it. I can't wait for the world to see what him and Charlie Evans did the other day because that match was something else. Dude, I am so pumped to see that show. And one of the suckiest things about like COVID is like not being able to travel for this shit as well. Like uh, on my Instagram, like I think my buyers literally like love wrestling, will travel. Me and my wife go everywhere, bro. Like I've been to Japan. I've been to Shinkiba first ring. I've been to like all the big Japan in Karakuen Hall. You know, I wrestle kingdoms like Las Vegas for double or nothing. You know, we love traveling. We love doing that stuff. And I, go back and forth all the time. Fucking Amex owes me so many fights, bro. It like <laughs> it's ridiculous from things getting cancelled and stuff. Virgin do, you know what I mean? Like I'd just be over watching this stuff. Like and and not being able to see it and just be locked here sucks. It's cool that flights are opening back up now, right? That's a thing. 
Um, Did I see that on the news? That the last at least like domestic ones, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, or not out of Australia. Like everybody else, it's like stay out. But I think we can now fly back and forward between like WA and Melbourne, like with no quarantine times and stuff, which is pretty killer. Um, I'm not sure. I try not to watch the news. It's depressing. Yeah, no. I saw it by accident and accidentally digested <laughs> some knowledge yesterday, and now I'm confused and scared by what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I would the I would love to see it, and actually waiting until the when is it? It's the 18th of March. So only a few more days uh, has been killing me. So I'm super pumped to see it. Yeah, three days from today. So yeah, exactly. Three days. All right. Well, I've got to wait it out until then. Um, so what do you think long-term is like the goal for Damien Rivers? So Deathmatch Down Under is starting to crank. I believe there's talk of some kind of violent title coming out. I also see Guido walking around with a Deathmatch title as well. And then also potentially international travels opening up with uh, vaccine and stuff. You've made a huge splash on the world stage. You've put on a hell of a main event. You've invented cling wrap as a weapon. Where do you want to go, man? Um, well, there's a couple of things I'd like to do. First and foremost, I want to do a no revival match. Yeah. Like that's been one thing I've always kind of wanted to do, so I just want to tick that one off the bucket list. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is get the match back with Casanova Valentine. Mm-hmm. Um, Which you were supposed to have a match with him, right? COVID ended yeah. it, yeah? Yeah, it got cancelled on the death match down under two, which is like the poster board, it's like right behind me. Yeah. Uh, I was meant to wrestle him in like a four-way Taipei no-ring thing right. with um, him, Callum Butcher, and Sico Smacks. Dude, I was going to be at that show straight up because we were coming over for download and yeah. I was, like, looking at moving my flights forward once all that stuff got announced to at least catch that day. I was literally messaging him about it and stuff. I'm like, I'm fucking coming to this thing. I'm moving the flights. And then yeah. it's like the next call's Virgin going, we're cancelling your flights. And we're like, no, <laughs> it's over, yeah. right? Like, yeah. It, it was one of those things that was just like everything was starting to then come out. It was, like, yeah. only just real, real brand new. And, like, I remember the first Deathmatch on Under Show with Cass and Joel. It was like... Oh, it's starting to get a little bit real now. Yeah. And, like, um, a couple of days later, we're expecting to do this other one, and then it's just, like, events cancelled. Yeah. Can't do it. And it's Dude. just like, fuck. And that one, that one hurt. Like, I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to lie, that one, that one sucked. Yeah. So I was like, fuck yeah, Casanova Valentine, international deathmatch wrestler, known worldwide. Yeah. Did a chance to prove myself once again yeah. and fuck just carpet ripped right from underneath yeah. me. So I'd like to get that one back. Fuck yeah, that would that would be awesome. And dude, from my conversation with him, like he wants to be back, you know, like he was telling oh, I- Yeah, he loved it here. Like loved it. It's like yeah. he was like, I invented a whole new life here, like within two weeks. He was like, I wish I'd yeah. got trapped in Australia. So like he'll be back as soon as he possibly can, man, and that would be an absolute banger. Yeah, no, I, I really hope so, because um I, I need that one back. Yeah, exactly. That would that'd be killer. And that'll come back around, man. You know, as much as all this stuff has sucked, I feel like a few things have happened that maybe wouldn't have happened as well 
Like if it didn't happen, you know, I feel like maybe Deathmatch Down Under would look pretty different if the lockdown hadn't happened and all those kind of things. So maybe, you know, it, it's patience, but maybe it's all for the best in the long run, you know? I think the um, the lockdown and whatever actually really, really benefited D&D wholeheartedly. Yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. so much that came out during lockdown and that six to eight month period before Deathmatch Down Under was even announced. Yeah. That it was like, all right, cool. They've got some, some work to do. And now it's like, they're doing all this like progressive stuff. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's huge, it, right? Like when I was talking to Jay and Aaron, it's like Black Lives Matter happens, speaking out happens, like all yeah. this stuff. And the wrestling industry just gets like turned over, right? Like it just gets completely turned over. It makes yeah. them think things through. It makes them put policies in place. It makes them uh, really kind of create this sort of, um, well, not sort of, amazing company that maybe the had it not happened, they would have like done those no ring shows with Cass, and then be like, and now we're going to run other shows, and it just would have gone on, but through it being the way it was, and then IWTV and everything, it's let you guys launch to quite a quite a big stage. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and do it right as well, which is the most important thing. Hundred percent, mm-hmm. I, I completely agree, and I think yeah, COVID for DMDU was an absolute blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. So, just yeah, everything that they're doing right now is what should have been done in wrestling years ago. And I'd like to see that with leading by example. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I hope to see that kind of continue uh, with other companies falling in step with what they're doing because they're really like setting a great example for how to run an inclusive and well-thought-out company. Yeah, even like the little things that they're doing, like the acknowledgement of country. Like yeah. I've been mm-hmm. on plenty of shows before. I've never seen that done. Yeah, And now it's just like, cool, that's... That's fucking cool. Yeah. Like something that should have been happening ages ago. And it's just little things like that that just aren't little things. They're big things that just no one's ever thought of. Yeah. And the more of those little things that happen and the more regularly they happen, then the more normalized they became. Like I was just at a wedding and they did the acknowledgement before the ceremony, you know, and I was at something else. Like I was at a wrestling show uh, for – EPW or whatever, and they do it before they start and stuff like that. And so people start to follow step all the way around the like Australia, and then that is just the way it's done. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lead by example, and it's like tiny steps lead to big steps lead to normality. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So it's like uh, you continue through that. We get the match back with Casanova. And then, uh, and then, what's next? Do you have any goals for travel? Look, I'd love to. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've got a real life nine to five. Yeah, yeah. So that that's it's a bit hard. Something we can like, relate to. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, wrestling doesn't pay my bills, and I've still got those bills to pay. But yeah, I'd love to go overseas and wrestle. Yeah, like I'd love to go to like ICW, GCW, wherever, and wrestle all the top deathmatch guys over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of no rope barbed wire, you catch that uh, Jimmy Lloyd G Raver no Not rope barbed yet. wire? Not yet. Dude. I do. Do <laughs> I saw the clip of the DVD to like through the wire to the outside of the ring. It was insane. It was crazy. I'm pretty sure, what was the other one? I think 
Like, I think G-Raver did, like, a meteora onto him through the barbed wire as well. So he's, like, standing up and he, like, jumps knees onto his shoulders to the outside, like, through, like, the other one. It was fucking hectic, man. Like, those dudes were trying to kill each other straight up. Yeah, watching that Death Death Valley driver broke my ribs. Dude, it was... I can't what their ribs are feeling like. Yeah. G-Raver, like, when I see what he's doing now, obviously, like, he's dealing with the whole, like hand paralysis and stuff like he is like not fucking around like he he's come back and he's like i don't know how much longer i can do this for and i'm about to like put down a body (laughs) exactly right have you been announced for that show yet the best show name in wrestling history no no i have not like i said still on the bench Uh, still on the bench for now for now yeah keep your secrets um, for those who haven't seen it, the next show from uh, Deathmatch Down Under, which happens April 17th. This is off the top of my head. If I got this right, I'm so impressed with myself. April 17th? 18th? Something like that? April 17th. You got it right. Oh, I got it right the first time. And look at that. I got it 100% right. Okay, so April 17th, not here to fuck spiders, the best-named wrestling event in the world. Uh, any American listeners will have no idea about what that saying means, but it's a very Australian saying that makes no sense. So, yeah, that that's looking like it's going to be killer, man, and it's going to see the return of uh, some of like our favourites who haven't been able to to make it into Melbourne due to all the lockdown stuff as well. Like Shaz is going to yep. be there, right? Shaz McKenzie finally, yep. finally arriving. She's here. We got uh, Tommy Knight returning as well, yeah, the prodigy. Yes, it's a big show. Vixen and Joel in an Oro match. Oh, Vic- be- Vixen's finally here because I've heard I've heard whispers. I've heard tale of Vixen and seen kind of some clips and stuff, but I didn't realize she was back. But they're in a witch match. Oro Barbwire. What you want? This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> What's Joel doing? <laughs> well, that's all right. You'll get there eventually, man. That's fine. Yeah, exactly right, dude. All right, so let's do a quick rewind, man. We're still we're still cruising in, so let's talk about first exposure to wrestling. Yeah, uh, were you a WWF kid, WCW kid, ECW? Like, where did it come around? Sort of what age? Do you know? Um, I would have been like four ish, yeah. maybe. So, I so from a real early age, yeah. Real early age. I don't. I can't. I've said this a bunch of times, like on public forums. I don't remember the first time I saw wrestling. Yeah, I don't. Have that like, I went to the video store and res- rented WrestleMania three and watched Hulk Hogan. I don't have that. It was WrestleMania nine, and that's my story that I've told on this podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't Hulk Hogan, man. It was the Undertaker getting brought in on that chariot, boy. That was sick. Uh, um, yeah, I just all I can say is I don't remember my life before wrestling was in it. Yeah, right. It's just always been there. Was your was your family into wrestling? Yeah, um, that's kind of how it started. That was like my dad would stay up and watch Nitro. Yeah, right. He'd be like, you sit down, you can watch this. Yeah. But yet my mum was into like Raw and stuff, but she would never let me watch Raw because Raw was always like a lot raunchier than what Yeah, yeah, well, it was probably Attitude Era stuff, right? There was yeah. all kinds going on, yeah. Are you telling me that your parents were, your dad was WCW and your mum was WWE? 
Yeah. Oh, holy fun. shit. How I can't even believe your family like would stood stayed together. Like it's a mess. Are they still fans now? Um or just fans of you? Still, yeah. My yeah. dad's watches like raw and stuff, but mm-hmm. um not so much mum. Yeah, yeah. She's out of it. Have they yeah. did they come to the deathmatch down under store? No. 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 And I doubt they ever will. Yeah, right. They're not a fan of the deathmatch stuff? Not in the slightest. Yeah, right. Okay. You getting some uh, heat on that one? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> but kind of to be expected. After a while, it will become normal. Yeah. I couldn't imagine my mother being okay with me rolling around in broken glass. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty stiff. Um, <laughs> are they are they into the idea of you wrestling though? Like knowing that you've been a fan since you've existed, do they like that you're like actively pursuing it? Yeah, they think that's cool. Yeah, they're just you're a fucking idiot doing death matches. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, you're like, but I like it. So, what do you want? Can't say they're wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, well, nobody's all the way saying if they're doing it, but do they understand yeah. it's awesome? Yeah. <laughs> Not really all the way. Not really. Yeah, exactly. Man, I can't even imagine the tension in a household of like going through the Monday Night Wars, but having a parent on either side. I don't think they really gave. Them- half a damn about the wars. They're just, they're just like, I like this one, I like that one, whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. They had their own guys or whatever it was and that's what it was. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so you re- you don't remember a time without wrestling. Do you remember, like, kind of your first dude? Like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody's kind of got, like, a, a, a hero or a first wrestler or somebody that kind of jumped out to them that was like, oh, this is, like, my guy or somebody that you cheered for or really made an impact on you. Do you have that? Um, yeah, as a kid, I was a Hulkamaniac. Yeah. Straight up, whether it was Hollywood or just Red and Yellow Hogan, I'm the biggest Hogan mark. Still am. I fucking love Hulk Hogan. Yeah. It's it's hard, man, because it's like there's Terry Belaya and then there's Hulk Hogan. And I fucking love Terry Hulk Belaya, Hogan. But- Terry Belaya. It's shit. Yeah, exactly. But Hulk Hogan's my fucking... He's the man. Dude, he's like... It, it, it literally is. It's like this, the character of Hulk Hogan, which I feel like is untouchable because it's like Americana, superhero, something like that. And then there's yeah. just the guy that acted as that character. But I feel like Hulk is just Hulk. Like, and Hulk didn't do any of those things. <laughs> Hulk Hogan would never do that. He would never. He's yeah. having vitamins. He's working out when all that shit was going down. He doesn't care. Saying his prayers, taking his vitamins. Exactly. That's right. You uh, you ever watch any of his movies? I, I did a, a two-part podcast recently um, reviewing Suburban Commando with my friends where we did uh, – we just tore that thing to shreds, really. <laughs> it was pretty uh, funny. I don't know if it's Suburban Commando that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I might have. I've seen Rocky Three. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's in that he's Thunderlips or something he's called in that. Yeah. Which is almost as cool a gimmick as Hulk. Yeah, that one. He was so cool in that. It's wicked. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's just cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I would still freak the fuck out, like, if I ever met him. Like, you know what I mean? He's coming in, brother, and he's got the, the handlebar mustache, and so I'd just be losing it. Because... I, I would mark out. Yeah. I, there's not 
people that I would absolutely mark the fuck out for, but Hulk Hogan I wouldn't mark. The fuck yeah, out yeah, for. exactly. I always like dug him, and he was definitely like, I mean, how could he not be when you're a kid? One of the ones you you saw, and uh, I've kind of told this before, but I remember having this wrestling magazine and going through it, you know, it's got Hulk on the cover and stuff like that, and then turning to, like, a full-page spread of, like, the Ultimate Warrior, and I'm like, oh, fuck, because he's got the sick spray, right? and then, like, the face paint and the tassels, and then I see him in a match, and he's running at one million kilometres an hour, like, down to the ring, like, just on speed or whatever. Yeah. And as a kid, I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> Loving it. Sick as well. So, And he was like, you, you watch it back, and you're like, oh, these matches are rough, but, like, those kind of bright colours and face paint guys and things like that, like him and the Legion of Doom and stuff. It's like Hulk caught my attention, but then like those kind of characters what kept me in it. You know, at least until the Attitude Era and Stone Cold started dropping everybody. Yeah, well, for me, I don't know. I, I first saw NWO Hollywood. Yeah, wow. Well, the coolest. Badass, right? He was just cool. Yeah. And then I got older and then he came back to WWF. Yeah. As like the NWO guy and then he was the red and yellow guy. And I'm like, damn, this is cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. so when he went back to red and yellow, because obviously you're you're cruising along and he's Hollywood and he's black and white. When he came back to the red and yellow, you weren't like, This is lame, you're like, This is sick. This is sick. Because <laughs> like I've always been someone that'll go back and watch. Like yeah. even from when I was a kid, I'll like I'll try and find older stuff and watch. So I knew who Hulk Hogan was. Yeah. Like pre-Hollywood. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you weren't just like, what's he doing? What's the, what's this yeah, thing? 100%. What's yeah. I thought that was the coolest shit. That's still a banger theme as well. When I'm hearing that, dan, 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 I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> or what, doing Voodoo Child in WWE? It was just like, that's sick, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool as fuck. Um, <laughs> man, I remember... So I didn't even know what WCW was. I only got into it because I like talk about video shops and tapes and stuff. I literally had been through everything they had to offer. Like <laughs> like in my, my city town, I'd been through everything WWF that even existed. So I'm like, I'll give this a shot and ended up getting that bash at the beach, um, which I think was the, the Hulk turn, right? Like when it's like, we're going to like announce the – who the third member of the Outsiders is or the NWO. And when Hulk yeah. like turns and people are like throwing rubbish into the thing and stuff like that, I was like, what the fuck is this? Hulk's yeah. <laughs> gone to a new level. And then, uh, then I was also like about the NWO. Like, but their stuff was a lot harder to access for me because there wasn't as many like back tapes and there wasn't like a magazine and different things because uh, internet wasn't as prevalent when I was a young boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember just like either we would order the pay-per-views or like mm-hmm. people my dad was friends with would like order the pay-per-view and record it on like VHS and be like, here, watch this. And then yeah, he'd watch it and then be like, yeah, you've gotten home from school or whatever. You can watch the pay-per-view. And it's just like, oh, that is sick. That's sweet. So you just like had it on tap basically through the benefit of having a dad that was like an active fan. Yeah. Yeah. It that was sick. That is glorious. <laughs> like, me and my dad definitely got into it, like, together. Once, like, you know, the McMahon Stone Cold stuff happened, he was all about it, and we used to, like, go rent that stuff together, but he's never been, like, an active, you know, uh, fan in the way that your old man sounds like he is. And yeah, no, 
still to this day, if he's got like a day off from work and WrestleMania's on or something, but what's your WWE Network password so I can watch it? Like, here you go. That's sick. That's really cool. And so he's also not about the deathmatch stuff, though? Not in the slightest. Yeah. No, exactly. Was it like we're watching the whole DMDU show but not your match, or is it just like not about it in any way? Not about it. <laughs> doesn't want anything to do with it. So until you get signed by WWE, he doesn't want to hear about it. Yeah, live in blissful ignorance. No, 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 no. I, don't, I can't say it, so it doesn't exist. Yeah, right. Okay, then. No worries. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. I uh, I showed my dad some death matches recently. Uh, he come down and he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, watch something. And I was like, I'm going to get his opinion like on this stuff. And yeah, he he quite liked it actually. He 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 wasn't too. He goes to me, he's like, what are all those uh, white poles hanging off the ropes there? And I'm like, those are light tubes, Dad. And he's like. What are they going to do with those? And I'm like, why don't you wait and see, old man? <laughs> like, uh, and he loved it. I showed him uh, G Raver versus Jun Kasai, like in Shakiba uh-huh. first ring. So I, I put him straight in it, and he was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> he liked <it>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I think it's probably a little bit different when it's like your own kid. Like if it was me showing him me doing those things, he maybe wouldn't be as into it. Yeah, no, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you tried to show him any matches that don't involve you, or it's just not about like the blood and guts stuff? Um, no, he's seen like some of the. He's seen some stuff because like he lived with me for the longest time. He, yeah, he, he objected to a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. That's um, yeah, it was just never his thing. And like, see the TV and see guys cutting each other and just be like, shake the head. <laughs> A little bit too far. Does he like like ECW hardcore matches and stuff, or no, even no, that's really. a bit too far? Yeah, no, not not even, not really. Code of Honor likes it, likes it uh, clean in the middle of the ring. Yeah, <laughs> awesome man. Um, all right then. So let's have a look here. Now, if I remember correctly, was Joel did a documentary, man, and. He, it's like leading back up to him coming back to the ring. Was that match he had with you when he came back? Yes. You were so you were his first match back. Yeah, it's either his first match back or his first death match back. Yeah, yeah. Huh? I think he may have had a couple of straight wrestling matches before he did the death match. Right. But I could. So what you're telling me though, and this is me just stirring up some shit. You hold two wins. Over Joel Bateman in death matches, is that correct? Yes. Oh, look at that. You are correct. <laughs> so, as I continue to stir this pot a little bit, so what you're saying is that Joel had a hand in training you. He got injured. He went away for three years, uh, and then he's come back, and you've beat him twice. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Not wanting to say too much here. Keeping it close oh, to the vest. Yeah, keep it close to the chest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, have you had many interactions with Guido? Um, oh, Guido's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spoken to him like backstage. I walked him in York to the ring the other day because um, he was meant to be my tag team partner. That's right. You were you were going to be be tag teaming before you you hit the bench. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you were you were you in his corner at uh, at Sandcastles. Yes. Oh, are you there for the whole match? Uh, I'm a ringside the whole match, yeah. Oh, okay. No spoilers. 
I mean, maybe I won't release this until after it happens, but do you get involved at all? Not at all. Not at all. Just cheering him on. There is emotional support. (laughs) (laughs) And if there's anything I know about a man like Guido, he needs emotional support. (laughs) Sure, he needed my emotional support, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, Have you had any exposure or discussions with anybody like from the overseas uh, deathmatch circuit? Like, has uh, anybody reached out since the initial match? Yeah, I've spoken to, um, like, Alex Cologne. He, he gave a bit of feedback. Um, I'm not going to go into it, but, yeah, he yeah. gave me a bit of feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Cannibal I've spoken to as well. Jeff's, Jeff's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cass, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a couple. That's cool. So pe- people reaching out, and obviously it's made a positive impact. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was real cool. Yeah, no, that that is awesome, man. It's kind of humbling. Yeah, like yeah. Guys, I've invested a lot of time in watching. Yeah, that talking to me and giving me that feedback. That's 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 cool. great. It must it must mean a lot, man. Like when when you're sitting here and you're telling me like how like long you've wanted to do it for and how hard you've worked and you know it might it must have felt like over the years like pushing shit uphill a little bit, you know, especially in this country when you're wanting to do this style and then you sort of show out on this platform and then guys are reaching out and they're, you know, giving you critiques and, and giving you feedback and, and stuff. That that must feel like, wow, this is this is actually starting to happen for me. No, it's, 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 it's cool. Um, I still don't want to put my head up in the clouds. Like, I'm not saying... Oh, no, no, not at all. Anything's really happening. It's just, all right, cool. Um, the right eyes have seen it and yeah. can only make me better. Yeah, exactly. Well, you get, I mean, you got to stay humble, man. And like, it's like, okay, so this is the beginning. Like, you know what I mean? It's like everything must for you feel like prologue. And it's like, and now the main page has been turned of chapter one and you're like, let's fucking go. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, that is glorious. Well, like, I'm sure that if you continue with that attitude and continue putting in the hard work like you have and put a, putting in performances like you did, dude. Like, those are two shows in a row that were absolutely killer. And I personally feel like you showed out, like, the top guy, you know, in that promotion real quick. Like, the the world's your oyster, man. It's just keep on grinding, you know. That 9 to 5 will eventually fall away, <laughs> hopefully. And, and, you you know, maybe you can live the dream and, and do that full time. Yeah, anyone that's... Uh works with me and my mind nine to five knows I'm always living the dream. <laughs> no doubt. Well, if anybody out there wants to support this amazing man in all his hard endeavors and uh, maybe pay you back a little bit for the blood that he shed in the ring, head to wrestlermerch.com slash collections slash Damien dash rivers uh, and, and, and support the man doing what he wants to do. And I'm sure we're going to see you back in a deathmatch down under ring very soon, right, man? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know this has been a tough conversation for Damien because everything's been kept very close to the vest with everything that's going forward with, with deathmatch down under. So he can only really give me so much information. Uh, but I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know it's it's been hard with my schedule and with your schedule to match it all up, but it's been killer talking to you, man, and getting to know you. And I can see the vast amount of dates that they have planned 
uh, for DMDU, and I know we're going to be getting you over here soon, or if not, I'll have to drag my corpse over there, and we'll make sure we, like, grab a beer and have a chat, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for having me on as well. Dude, literally any time, if you think of anything you need to speak about or even you just want to pop off about somebody, you let me know and I'll get you straight on, yeah? Cool. Absolutely. Okay, everybody, I'm going to hit my music real quick. It is at Faces Feels on Twitter, at Faces Feels on Instagram. Damien Rivers, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling, y'all. Peace out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been Faces and Feels. Check us out on social media, at Faces Feels Cast on Instagram, at Faces Feels Cast on Twitter, or send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. Until then, peace out.